0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent
1: herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Also brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we hear about efforts to turn oats into a wide range of beverages, yogurts, and frozen desserts. Sask Wheat's outlook has some stark figures on rising grain prices and details on Russian efforts to export grain. Real agriculture talks about flea beetles in canola. We talked with Environment Canada after a few areas of the Saskatchewan grain belt had 2 to 4 inches of rain. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Also brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The oats industry is getting a big boost in Saskatchewan. Avena Foods of Regina is part of a group of companies that will expand oat-based foods to new beverages, yogurts, and frozen desserts. Protein Industries Canada is providing half a million dollars to the cost of development. CEO Bill Gruel says farmers will see expanded markets for their grain. We
0: announced a project on the commercialization of oat milk concentrates. So this is a project that's about a million dollars and it's looking at a company based in Saskatchewan that's producing oat concentrates And we put them in a collaborative research project with a company in the lower mainland of B.C. They're located in Delta, and they're developing new plant-based products like yogurts and other drinks that will be
1: using oat concentrates as opposed to things that they use today, which is cashew nuts. So how much did Protein Industries Canada put in? Like, what does this project cost? The project total budget is about a million dollars, and Protein Industries Canada is in for half. Is there a market for this? Do you think this can become a very viable product out of oats? Yeah, so this is exciting because
0: dairy alternatives is the fastest growing category, one of the fastest growing categories for plant-based foods, and in particular, plant-based beverages. And so if your listeners would go to a grocery store today, I think they'll see lots of new products on the store shelf that are beverages that are trying to replace dairy. So brands like silk or uh, oat Canada, things like that. So this is another one of in those categories. And a really great news story because oats is readily available for production in Western Canada from an ingredient perspective and a lower carbon footprint because of where it's produced and doesn't have to get shipped all the way from uh, tropical places like cashew nuts does.
1: How does Saskatchewan farmers benefit from this? Yeah, it's always a
0: great question. And that's always a lens that we put on the investments we make. So every time we can create new markets for Saskatchewan-grown commodities, I think our farmers here benefit. So, you know, we're in a we're in a stage now where reliance on large individual markets is kind of a it, it's kind of a challenging place for producers to be. So the more that we can create new markets and domestic markets for Saskatchewan-based commodities, that insulates us from you know, geopolitical forces that affect commodity prices. It reduces transportation costs and gives farmers more options to deliver their products to local markets.
1: And did I hear you say oat-based dairy alternative and subsequent products are really growing exponentially or growing strong? Yeah, it's one of the fastest growing
0: categories for plant-based foods right now. And not just oats, but the whole concept of dairy replacement and plant-based beverages, very, very by uh, a
1: quickly growing market, and you see oats being used to make yogurt and frozen desserts and possibly yeah, other beverages.
0: Yeah. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound quite right, but I was in Vancouver last week and I actually tasted the product at Plant Vita's location. And the yogurt, I got to tell you, tastes just like the stuff that we're used to.
1: And other drinks like frozen desserts and what plant-based yeah. teas.
0: Yeah, there's a whole rift of products here. So the other
1: product that Plant Vita is making is called something
0: called a Lassie, which is a fermented drink. People would equate that to something like a yolk plate, like your kids might be using a drinkable yogurt. That's the type of product there. But they're also working with Thirst Tea Beverages. They're an Asian beverage manufacturer also located in Delta B, BC. And they're looking to develop new plant-based teas, by swapping the dairy base with oat milk concentrates. So some of the teas that you'll see in the grocery store come pre-mixed and, and ready to go and the dairy products in there are being replaced
1: by oat milk. The project will cost $1 million. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavestroughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroughs.ca and your Prairie Co-op grow team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasbourg. Some stark figures in this week's Weed Outlook from the Saskweed website. The outlook is compiled by Merlina Borsch of Mercantile Consulting. She says rising grain prices indicate the world will need substantially more money this year to properly feed itself compared to last year.
2: In fact, regarding wheat, we thought that the USDA overestimated the demand side. This is why, doing some simple calculations, updating current prices against expected demand, we find that, compared to last year, the world will need an estimated additional $240 billion, yes US dollars in billions, to buy the extra amount of grain if prices stay as they are today. We wonder if this is possible. We think that either prices or demand need to go down. However, we do not expect prices to fall in the short term. There are definitely weather concerns, and presently, there is not much selling of futures in the wheat markets.
1: Borch says there were few major wheat sales during the past week.
2: Japan did buy a total of 147,000 tons of food quality wheat from the U.S. and Canada in regular tenders last Thursday. To continue, here some of last week's major news by major wheat origin. And per usual starting with Canada. Crop progress in Canada um, is as follows. Other than in some areas of Manitoba, spring wheat seeding is essentially finished in Western Canada. In the US, spring wheat and durum are emerging very nicely in some areas while others are still being seeded in a drawn-out planting session. As of July 6, USDA had Minnesota 65% planted with spring wheat and North Dakota 74%. We think Minnesota could be done 100% by this Monday due to excellent planting weather this past week. The U.S. hard red spring crop is now 84% planted and 61% emerged. We note that USDA kept spring wheat production steady from May Uh, at 556 million bushel in the report. With respect to exports, at 234,000 tonnes, Canadian wheat exports improved last week over the past week, advancing year-to-date exports to 9.7 million tonnes. That's 43% smaller than last year to date. Per Stats Canada, we exported 806,000 tonnes of wheat in April twenty-two compared to 1.8 million tons shipped in April 2021. We tend to think that there should be no 2021 crop wheat held over into the new year, and there should be some new crop sales on the books as well. Our conclusion based on current production outlooks against potential demand is that there is tightness and there are clearly logistic and freight problems, but demand will eventually be affected by high prices. Futures are holding so far, but longer term, we expect prices for wheat to weaken from record levels. Given our weekly comments, we hope that farmers took and continue to take advantage of high prices and good returns on investment in their crops.
1: Borsh also says the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues to disrupt world grain movement.
2: Moving to the Black Sea. Well, the discussions about a grain corridor in Turkey last week did not change anything. The Black Sea harvest starts in a couple of weeks, but we expect there is no chance of Ukrainian maritime grain exports. And Ukrainian overland exports will run into competition for elevations by the Balkan harvest, which until now had not been the case. Regarding Russia, the volume of new crop Russian business remains to be seen. We should mention the freight insurance issue here. Insuring ocean freight remains massively expensive for Russia after Western insurance companies withdrew from covering Russian vessels. However, Reuters reported this morning that state-controlled Russian national reinsurance company, RNRC, is now the main insurer of Russian ships, including Sovcomflot's fleet. We'll have to see how this goes.
1: Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting compiles the weekly market update for the Sask Wheat website. Time now for Real Agriculture
0: with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra
3: Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on the source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference from your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. As we see that canola across the province of Saskatchewan get out of the ground, now the attention turns to the pesky flea beetle. And we try to minimize the damage, obviously through seed treatment, but there's also the opportunity to maybe control through spray, which can be well, to, to say the least, a little bit frustrating to get the timing right and make sure that we are through some of those economic thresholds that are set out by the research community. Recently on a Canola School episode at com, Kara Oosterhouse of Real Agriculture had a chance to catch up with researcher Hector Carcamo from AFC Lethbridge to talk about the flea beetle and whether or not you should spray. I'm back here today with another Canola School episode and I have here with me Hector Carcamo who is a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. How's it going today?
4: Hello everyone, I'm doing all right. Feeling a little bit happier now we got a bit of rain
3: yes absolutely and and happier especially when we're looking at the specific insect we're here to talk about today and that is flea beetles now you've done a ton of work with flea beetles in the past what what are some of the things you're looking at right now
4: Uh, yes uh, recently we have been looking at validating the economic thresholds for flea beetles Um, we completed a study And we have confirmed that the uh, economic threshold for flea beetles is around 25% of damage on the cotyledons. And more recently, we have been looking at the effect of uh, seeding rates and plant densities on uh, flea beetles and also comparing how efficacious foliar sprays are compared to seed treatments. So that's some of the work that we have been doing. And uh, one other area that we have been Doing work for many years is to identify the predators that are uh, affecting flea beetles, and we have been collaborating with other scientists uh, that do molecular biology work. So we we're hoping that that work eventually will provide some useful information for growers.
3: So now, when we're looking at economic thresholds, that obviously means that's where it pays to spray. Now, 25 percent. What does that look like on the call to Uh
4: if you're looking at a cotyledon with twenty five percent usually for a grower sometimes it looks worse than what it is <laughs> but it, uh, it it may it may start to look quite bad at twenty five percent and uh, I was uh, I usually tell people that the economic threshold is a guideline that we use right to to um, be able to only spray the insecticide if you absolutely must spray the insecticide right because if you are below that threshold, you should not really be spraying, uh, allow the natural enemies to, to uh, help us manage the flea bills by eating them, right? But plants can actually tolerate, canola plants are extremely good at tolerating uh, insect feeding. So in reality, uh, canola plant can even take up to 50% of defoliation, which if you see a plant with uh, 50% defoliation, it will look really bad. It will be all ragged up and all eaten up. So, uh, but canola plants can actually tolerate a lot of a lot of damage. We say 25% because flea beetle damage can uh, accumulate very rapidly, right? Especially if you have a hot day. So we say, okay, 25%. Time to get out and spray because usually by the time you actually spray the actual injury to the plant will be much higher than 25%, but we know that the plants can still tolerate that, that level of damage, especially if you have a little bit of rain. Uh, if, if the conditions are very dry and the plants are very stressed, then it's a different story. They are not able to compensate as much, but normally canola plants can tolerate quite a bit of damage. So by the time you have three or four true leaves on your canola plants and, and you have some rain Uh, the fertility is good then you shouldn't really be spraying for flea beetles because by that time the plants can afford to feed the flea beetles so to speak and you shouldn't really be wasting your money on spraying and also causing the the non-target effects. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about
3: this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. I get to spend every day talking to farmers in the ag industry through realagriculture.com and Real ag Radio, but nothing is more fun than speaking to an audience live and in person. If you're planning an ag event, book a real agriculture speaker to make it a successful and memorable experience. Email shaney at realagriculture.com and you can book myself or any other real ag personality to speak at your event. Bring your audience all the fun, insight and energy Of real agriculture this spring
0: apply pre-emergent edge microactive group 3 herbicide from gowan canada before seeding your canola peas or lentils maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow always read and follow label directions from gowan canada
1: the official 620 ckrm farm weather is brought to you by shepherd realty in regina specializing in farm and ranch real estate in saskatchewan Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today, clearing late this afternoon. Wind southwest 30, gusting to 50. The high today, 22. The low, 8. Wednesday, 10 to 15 millimeters of rain. Wind south 20, gusting to 50. Becoming west 40, gusting to 60. The high Wednesday 16 degrees the low 11 clearing on Thursday the high 22 the low 13 Friday sunny the high 26 and windy the low 18 Saturday sunny the high 32 the low 19 Sunday partly cloudy the high 29 the low 15 Monday partly cloudy the high 24 normal high is 23 the normal low is 9. Sun rose at 4.47 this morning. It sets at 9.11 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Stony Rapids up north at 25. The cold spot, southwest corner, Cypress Hills at 7 degrees. Estevan and Saskatoon, both 16. Swift Current, 17. Weyburn, 15. Yorkton is 12. Regina, cloudy and 17. That's 63 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northwest to date, Humidity is 56%. barometer falling 100.0. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 20. Winds south-southwest, 22, gusting to 31. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 17. That's 63 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. And it's time now for Countdown to Canada's Farm Show, brought to you by Zipperlock Building, built in hours to last a lifetime. See them in Raymore, or call 1-888-692-5515. And Farmtronics, your farm electronics specialist since 1977, serving you for over 40 years. Call 1-800-667-8001 today for a free catalogue. Canada's Farm Show opens in Regina next week. Show manager Shirley Genesco says there are about 500 exhibitors and it is all indoors, so removes the weather element completely. The opening day, Tuesday, theme is innovation and National People's Indigenous Day.
5: I'm very excited about our innovation uh, pavilion. We've had 30 applications um, submitted this year, and out of the 30, we have selected 26 for our innovation pavilion, and that is going to be in the Viterra International Trade Center Hall 11. Uh, this every all the innovations will be in there, and if they're not in there, they'll be in the booths. But we've got. Um, you know, it's indication where they are located, so it's definitely worthwhile to see lots of great new equipment and technology going to be launched at our event.
1: Canada's Farm Show runs Tuesday, June 21st to Thursday the 23rd. This is Countdown to Canada's Farm Show. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Several areas of Saskatchewan had heavy rainfall during the past twenty-four hours. Meteorologist Terry Lang says many parts of the southern grain belt will receive rain over the next couple days.
5: Most of southern Saskatchewan will be picking up uh, some rain as that weather system from Alberta swirls its way through uh, the southern. About third of the province looks like about 10 to 20 millimeters worth that folks will get maybe lesser amounts towards uh, the Manitoba border and even though those southwestern sections may pick up um, as much as uh, 25 millimeters uh, so it looks like everyone's going to be getting some rain.
1: I understand Alberta and western Saskatchewan got some rain over the last day or so how much?
5: Well, in Alberta, we've had, you know, the amounts are varying quite a bit, certainly over 100 millimetres up against the mountains. But other areas further east, uh, we're picking up amounts of 40 to 60 millimetres so far. And of course, it's still raining. It, through Saskatchewan, it's been mostly the thunder shower activity that we saw last night. And of course, we saw some locally higher amounts with some localized flooding. And most of the rain is actually falling through the extreme northern grain belt uh, and into the parkland areas right now.
1: Where was the localized flooding?
5: We saw some localized flooding in the Manitou Watrous area, thanks to a thunderstorm that looks like it dumped at uh, at least 50 millimeters of rain in a short period of time. We also have video of Overland flooding near Rosetown, between Rosetown and Zealandia, with heavy amounts of rain falling through their local reports of five inches of rain with that. And as well, North Battleford came in with uh, over 100 millimeters of rain, which fell mostly over about seven hours. So certainly some parts getting Some of that rain, but those, of course, are in those heavy thunder showers.
1: Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. Arcolabuildingsupplies.com Producer groups in Alberta have expressed opposition to a proposed Health Canada label on ground meat. Health Canada says it's not a warning, it's advice. It wants consumers to have better information when deciding at the grocery store what foods to buy for their family. But Alberta's health minister is critical of his federal counterpart, saying the labelling policy isn't consistent and seems to be targeting certain foods over others. He stood alongside the province's agriculture minister and leaders of Alberta's beef and pork industries yesterday to denounce Health Canada's plan to put front-of-package labels on packages of ground beef and pork warning consumers they contain high levels of saturated fat. Alberta Health Minister Jason Copping spoke at the news conference.
6: What we say about food matters. A healthy diet emphasizing whole foods is part of the foundation of overall health. And consumers look to government for guidance on what a healthy diet looks like, as well as organizations that are responsible for menu planning for their clients. I agree with Health Canada's general intent To help consumers make healthier food choices but i think they're getting it wrong in this instance ground beef and ground pork are whole foods they're good food and that's what we should be telling canadians the federal government made this decision without consulting the provinces even though we have equivalent expertise in nutrition and food science and nutrition the decision is inconsistent with the treatment of other products it's not good policy and it should be reversed. There's a valid concern about foods that are high in saturated fat, sugar, and sodium. But the overwhelming focus of that concern is on processed foods with added fat, sugar, or sodium. Health Canada gets it right with regard to beef and pork in general. Meat that is not ground will be exempt, not requiring warning labels. But they seem to be singling out ground meat without a valid reason. Ground beef and pork are beef and pork. They don't turn into something else in the process of being ground.
1: A decision by Health Canada is expected by the end of this month. Market Update is brought to you by Tom and Lumber and Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola gained $10.30 at ten twelve thirty two. dollars One red spring wheat dropped $4.35 at $5.17.03. The rest were unchanged. Durham, six o six twenty seven. dollars Feed barley, 3 dollars Chickpeas, nine ninety nine ninety nine. dollars Flax, ten ninety four sixty one. dollars Lentils, eight ninety one fifty. dollars Oats, four thirty six fifty three. dollars Yellow peas, 604.65. Feed wheat, 378.30. At Minneapolis, July spring wheat dropped 10.75 and three cents at 12.11 a bushel. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee
7: bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swift Current. We had 700 cattle on offer last week, mainly cows. Here are the quotations: D one and two cows, one dollar to dollar fifteen and a half. D three cows, eighty to ninety five. Mature bulls, dollar twenty five to dollar thirty eight. Medium bulls, a dollar to dollar twenty five. Heifers, a dollar fifteen to dollar twenty five and a half. Big open heifers, thousands of twelve hundred pounds, a dollar forty to dollar fifty five. This Thursday, June sixteenth, cow calf pair. 200 of the best Red Cross calves on offer. This will be a DLMS sale. Please please book in. For further information, please phone 773-3174. Good day and good marketing.
1: And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, $240.05 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandaco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Two federal ministers were in Saskatoon yesterday to announce Ottawa will help BHP Billiton advance the development of its low-emissions potash mine near Janssen. BHP will invest more than $7.5 billion in Janssen Stage 1 and anticipates the mine to be operational by 2027 with an initial production capacity of 4.3 to 4.5 million tonnes of potash per year, increasing Canada's potash production by nearly 22%. The Minister of Innovation, Science and Industry says the agreement in principle will mean up to $100 million investment from the federal government via the Strategic Innovation Fund. This mine, which will be developed in Janssen, is expected to generate the lowest direct on-site emissions intensity of any potash mine. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Babeau says the potash mine will help farmers around the world feed a growing population and solidify Canada's as a major fertilizer producer. On the markets, the TSX is down 185 points to 19,556. The Dow has dropped 51 points to 30,465. Oil has fallen 19 cents to $120.74 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 29 one of a cent at 77.24 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada,
0: makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.